Hey, good evening, Top Fan Rivalry followers. It is Bill and Jackson because it is Thursday night, and we got to do our weekly review. But there's no baseball. So what are we going to talk about? Well, friends, we're going to take you through the catchers and the first baseman that are free agents. We're not going to talk about projected deals or anything like that. We're just going to talk to you about how these players might play out. Next week, we're going to do the rest of the infield, and then we'll do the outfield the week after. So, Jackson, how are you doing, my friend? I'm, do, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, temperature's starting to drop in PA. I mean, po- post-World Series, uh, you know, it's it's football season. I'll, I'll just put it that way. Uh, that's the mood here in Pennsylvania. They, they kind of moved on from the World Series, but heck of a World Series, you know? Well, I know that the Eagles are having a decent season, so of course, right? Yeah, they're having a fairly decent season, right? I, you know, I mean, they're they're undefeated, something like that. No, they're okay. They haven't played. They haven't played anyone or something like that. That's what I heard. Something like that. (laughs) Um, cool. So, take me through your first catcher. So your your first one that you want to talk about on this vast catchers list that is out there. So uh, what I see. You know, just generally, it's a lot of veteran catchers. Those are the kind of, you know, teams kind of hold on uh, to the youngsters. I think there's going to be a robust market for a couple of catchers for trade. Most importantly, uh, I believe it's uh, Danny Jansen from Toronto. Toronto has three excellent catchers by all the catching metrics, the framing, and they're all decent offensive. So, you know, they're, they're looking to probably move one. So that might mix some things up in the catcher market, but you know, there's two names that stand out to me on this list. Uh, and it's Wilson Contreras, who's coming off the best offensive season of his career. And then Christian Vasquez, who obviously, you know, caught a, caught a no hitter in the world series. So mm-hmm. two really good veteran catchers that know how to handle the pitching staff. Uh, Wilson Contreras does have a couple of questions defensively. He's not the best blocking catcher. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what kind of market there is, but, Catcher is one of those premium positions. I'm sure all these, you know, guys like you see names on there, like uh, Kurt Suzuki retired. He's on that list. But guys like Kurt Suzuki or like Jason Castro, you know, Omar Narvaez, you know, guys like that who know how to handle pitching staffs. Kevin Ploiecki, Austin Hedges, you know, they won't give you anything with the bat. You know, behind the plate, they're very serviceable. So the the catching market, you know, is, is shaping up. You know, it's probably one of the most. It's like watching the offensive line market in football in the off season. There's 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 not really that many you know you know sexy signings, but you know, it's the depth signings that really kind of keep the teams afloat. Well, honestly, you nailed it right. I mean, catchers, in my opinion, catchers are psychologists, right? All they got to do is handle the pitching staff. Anything you get offensively from them is a bonus, right? That is just a flat-out bonus. Um, So a couple people that are on this, you know, this free agency list that I'm looking at, you mentioned Wilson Contreras, who has all but said goodbye to to Chicago, and I think he wants to move around someplace. He's 31 years old. He's got to go to a place where he can be a DH in the future, right? Um. Gary Sanchez is another person, you know, he's been in a big market team. He's now in a small market team with the twins. Um, But, you know, Gary Sanchez can still get the job done and he can still produce offensively. He's not going to hit for average, but he can hit 18, 20 home runs for you. 
um, being 30 years old, right? Yeah. Uh, Tucker Barnhart is there. Austin Hedges, like you said. Um, Austin Romine is kind of a sleeper guy. And I'll never forget when Austin took on Miguel Cabrera, right? And they brawled in uh, Detroit. Yeah. So when you're talking about catchers, anything you get defensively, anything you get offensively is gravy because you're focused on the defense and you're focused on how they can um, handle pitching staffs. The one thing I will tell you about catching position that drives me batty is the framing, right? And I, I do not want the electronic strike zone, although we hear it's coming for challenging the pitches. That will take away the framing stuff. I got to tell you, you know, Maltin Maldonado for the Astros is fantastic at this. He framed six dozen balls that were strikes, that became strikes. Drives me crazy, right? So, I mean, that that's my two takes on on the, the catcher side. It, you know, who else I mean, do you see? Yeah. I mean, just looking at the teams that are in need of a catcher, I think that's an important thing to talk about, you know. The Giants, the Giants could use a catcher. The Cardinals need to catcher with departure of Yadier Molina. The Pirates need a catcher. Cleveland needs need a catcher. catcher. Uh, yeah, the Angels probably need a veteran catcher to play ahead of their their prospect that they got. Uh, uh what's his name? Oh Hop. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay needs a catcher. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they're. <laughs> Everyone who's basically not Houston probably needs another catcher to go behind Maldonado. So just there's a lot of holes for a lot of teams and the the catching position is often one of them because it is, it's a premium position. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how the market shakes out. Like I mentioned, there are some trade candidates floating around out there. The Toronto's got three catchers, you know, it'll be interesting to see what teams try to, you know, if you have like a, the Braves have, Manny Pena coming back from injury, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do because they have William Contreras and Travis Darno. They'll have three catchers. So it'll be interesting to see who wants to, who wants to roll the dice on a free agent or, you know, trade for someone that, you know, may have limited playing time. Makes sense. Yeah. So the argument, you know, the the thing that I'm looking at is, is if we want a veteran catcher. So I'm looking at two names on this list. If I'm the Giants, Josh Bart, is my catcher of the future, but he didn't produce as well as they thought he was going to produce. So if you can get a veteran catcher that Josh has to fight for his position, that would help. But Josh, I mean, I'm sorry, the Giants, the A's, the Angels. I mean, I yeah, the Cardinals, I, right? I mean, the the A's are probably going to trade their catcher. So Sean Murphy leaving, there's, there's a trade piece right there. A lot of teams will be interested in him because he's got that the upside with the offense. But yeah, you're right. It's it's My argument got... is Christian Vasquez and and um, and Gary Sanchez are great tra- are great pieces to a lot of different clubs that are looking for catching. Um, Christian Vasquez is a veteran leader. He is good offensively. He's better offensively than sometimes he is defensively, but he can throw out runners. Good guy all around. And Gary Sanchez again will give you offense. He's just not going to hit for average. No. And so, I mean, but you you put a guy like Gary Sanchez in um, San Francisco, now you're going to make him, you know, competitor, you know, a, a, a competitor. 
you put somebody like uh, Gary Sanchez in Colorado, he's going to hit 35 home runs. So yeah. it's it's interesting the way that that plays itself out. Yeah. What do you what do you think of uh, what do you think of the first baseman market? The first baseman market. I don't think it's as crazy as like last year's first baseman market. You know, with Matt Olson being on the trade block, Freddie Freeman being a tra- uh, like a trade, not a trade piece, a free agent. Excuse me. But I think there, I think there's some names on there that are worth looking into. Um, Jose Abreu, obviously. I mean, he's not the Jose Abreu that you know first came over to the U.S. and you know won Rookie of the Year. But last year, he hit 304, had 183 hits, 15 home runs, 75 RBI, scored 85 runs, 378 on base percentage. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, if you're if you're a team that has a hole at DH, he's definitely a player you can plug in and get, you know, everyday utility out of the DH spot. I think he's certainly better than uh, <laughs> probably every single name on this list. I mean, the next closest being Anthony Rizzo, but Rizzo is one of those streaky hitters from the left side of the plate who, you know, favors parks like Yankee Stadium and Wrigley Field. Josh Bell had a disaster of a second half, so I don't know what the market's going to look like for him. Brandon Belt, you know, played in San Francisco his whole career. Who knows how much he's got left in the tank. Guriel suffered a knee injury in the World Series at the age of 39. Who knows if he'll play next year. But my sleeper pick is probably going to be Jesus Aguilar. But let me tell you, when this guy's been healthy, this guy's been a really solid bat. Another, you know, if you have a hole at first base, if you're the Boston Red Sox, for example, and you need you need a first baseman, you're looking at a guy, he's got a career 773 OPS. You know, get if he's in a lineup where other guys can hit, not playing in Miami, you know, where he gets pitched around a ton. I mean, he's in 2021, as recent as that, 22 home runs, 93 RBIs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 459 selecting that that's a perfect it's he's going to be a cheap option at first base i think you know if you don't have the money to go out there and get a jose abreu i think jesus aguilar is kind of like the jose abreu light mm-hmm. that can go out there you know he'll he can play every day good clubhouse guy you know has some pop there is zero way that you can call jose or jesus aguilar a light at anything the dude's yeah. huge <laughs> dude's, dude's massive dude's massive <laughs> I think the only thing bigger than him is his personality. He has fun yeah. playing baseball. And I, th- I think that that's any, anytime that's a plus, you see these clubhouse guys sit around, you see the Guillermo or that swinging the sword. You see the Hanser Albertos and the Dodgers dugout just goofing off, you know, it, yeah. baseball's supposed to be fun. It's a game. So, so I think there's going to be a pretty good market for him, you know, I do too. So uh, you mentioned Jose Brady. Jose Abreu is either got to take a hometown discount um, in in um, uh, Chicago to come back, which there's been some talk in Chicago about that, but you've got to take – he's got to take an extreme hometown discount. Anthony Rizzo, I'll bet you – I'll bet you apples to oranges, he goes back to the Bronx, and I'll bet you he does it for an extreme discount because he likes big market clubs – Maybe he goes to the White Sox, right? But if you look at your big market clubs, the Dodgers don't need a first baseman unless you're going to bench Freddie Freeman, right? Um, I don't think that's the, happening. <laughs> yeah, the Mets don't need a first baseman. They've got Pete Alonso. The Phillies don't need a first baseman. They've got Ryan um, Hopkins, Ryan Hopkins. Um, so when you're looking at big market positions, I maybe, I mean, St. Louis has got 
if you're going to consider that a big market. St. Louis has got Goldschmidt, right? Um, but he likes big markets. So either he signs with the White Sox, he's not going to go back to the Cubs. He signs with the White Sox or he signs with New York. Again, he signs with the Yankees for a discount. I mean, yeah, I mean, that that seems like the, the market for Anthony Rizzo. I think he's comfortable in New York. Again, ballpark suits a guy like Anthony Rizzo. Mm-hmm. But the he's lineup also the... suit it suits a guy like Anthony Rizzo, you know, where he can have a right-handed power bat behind him. Mm-hmm. But he's also the dude too that shows up every day, puts the uniform on, doesn't cause trouble. He's a good veteran guy out there. He's 32 years old. And guess what? If he produces this year, he might be able to get a bigger size contract, right? And go into his year 33 with a three or four year deal with some club, right? Um, the, you're right about Josh Bell. You're absolutely right about Josh Bell. Yuri Gurriel is 39, so we'll see how that plays itself out. Um, if he's, Miguel I Santa, think he go, he probably goes back to the the Astros if he signs with anyone. He, he might hang at it an up. extreme discount, and he is a fan favorite by the way. But at an extreme yeah. discount, he goes back. Um, and then you know you're looking at. So one of the problems that San Francisco has is they've got half of their team that's young and up and coming players, and they got half of their team that's old guys. Uh, Brandon Belt is not, you know, young. Obviously, he's thirty-five. Uh, Brandon Crawford is not young. But then you've got guys like you, Scrimsky, Mikey Scrimsky, and Josh Bart, who are younger guys who can do it. They struggled <laughs> well, last season. You say that Yastrzemski broke in recently, but he's he's thirty-three too. I didn't realize he was that old. He's 33. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. You would think with that last name, he would have broken in earlier, right? Yeah. I mean, and I think this offseason is going to be very interesting. The Giants do have a lot of money to spend. I think uh, as far as teams in on the Jose Abreu sweepstakes, I think the Giants have a pretty good shot. I think their ballpark would suit a guy like him because left field is a little bit shorter. They got all the alleys for a hitter like him to take advantage of. I mean, just looking at Abreu's numbers, every full season, every season except 2020, which was shortened, mind you, he's had 30 or more doubles. Yeah. No, I that's, listen, con- that's consistent. That's consistency, man. Yeah. No, I agree with you. He he is that guy that you're just looking at. I mean, again, I talked to a White Sox fan who you and I both know, yeah. um, and he said, yeah, I'd love to have some of these guys back, but they got to produce. And he says, you know, we talked about the definition of insanity, right? doing the same thing over yeah. and expecting a different result. You can't have the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So, and he's right. I can't argue that, that case. I mean, he's absolutely right. That, that being said, um, you know, when you sign with the giants, you're rolling the dice just a little bit because you know that the Dodgers are going to be a powerhouse and you know that the, the Padres are going to be a powerhouse. The only thing that changes that powerhouse mode, so to speak, uh, for lack of better terms on it, the only thing that changes that powerhouse mode is the fact that you don't have to play these guys as many times because now you're playing everybody. So you're going to get a chance to play the teams that are weaker, the Miamis, the the Kansas Cities, the Detroits, right? By the way, Detroit's a great place for, you know, a Brayu or – Josh Bell or Brandon Bell to land too. Yeah, I mean, 
A young player can't play first base forever. And yeah. they brought that young kid up, and he's not producing. So yeah, Torkelson. Torkelson. I mean, he's the first baseman of the future. But again, I mean, teams to watch this offseason: Detroit, mm-hmm. Texas. Yeah, uh, you know, after all the money they spent last offseason, I heard they're going to try to spend more money. San Francisco. I think yeah. you know an underrated team to watch this offseason is the Mets. They they have a lot of key guys pending as free agents, so. If they can't get a majority of those guys back, you could see a Mets team that's not as good next year. You know, yeah. losing a brand, losing a Brandon Nimmo. You know, they lose Nimmo, Degrom, Bassett. They lose all three of those guys. That's that's a good solid Reach. part of their core. Reach. And I, I know we haven't got to the pitcher, the starting pitcher, free agent part of that. Yeah, nor are we going to really dive into that tonight. But you know, pitching you know is a premium, going. and every every team needs pitching. So. When we get to talking about that, we'll talk about that. But I think first baseman and catcher, you know, are interesting positions because either you're set or you're not. Who did the Rangers learn was interested in playing for them today? Wow, that that was Jacob DeGrom. Yep. So, I mean, I I could see Texas maybe going after Jose Abreu because they could certainly throw the money at him or a a Josh Bell. Go ahead, I'm sorry. It's a big market. Like they're they seem aggressive. I wouldn't put it past them to you know pursue Willie Wilson Contreras either. You know, they 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 want to win. You know, and they they're going to become the Yank the the early two thousands Yankees if they have to to do it. So, well, and see, and right now, the Rangers, you know, they again the Rangers have giants itis right because at the end of the at the very tail end of the day. And correct me if I'm wrong, Jackson. All roads go through Houston, but let's not count out Seattle. Look at what they did. And if Houston has a year similar to what the Dodgers had, where you had a bunch of injuries come up, a bunch of injuries come up, a bunch of injuries come up, you might look at Seattle winning that division and Houston getting a wild card spot. And with now 28 out of the 30 teams making the playoffs, it still doesn't help the Angels. They're still not going to make it. No, but, I mean, one wild card coming out of the American League West, good. But most of that's going to come out of the American League East. Between the Yankees, um, Tampa Bay, Toronto, the Orioles, and, heck, maybe even Baltimore. Or, I mean, Boston makes a play. I so, mean, yeah. The, the early chatters that Tampa Bay is looking to move five or six guys. Uh, I just read an unconfirmed, you know, Twitter – Twitter's a mess right now. Don't go on Twitter, people. I was never on Twitter before, but unconfirmed tweet that G-Man Choi got traded to Pittsburgh. Nobody knows if that's true or not. He's a guy you can kind of I, – I mean, he's another guy in that first base market. We'll, we'll kind of lump him in there. He's not a free agent, but, you know, good on base guy, has some pop. Mm-hmm. You know, so so he was one of those guys that teams were seeing where he was going to go before, you know, they, they go after a Jose Abreu or a Josh Bell because, you know, it's a cheaper, more affordable option. He's he's a guy so, like Jesus Aguilar who's going to go up there and you know play a hundred hundred twenty games for you and be a good clubhouse guy. So, okay. So, what's your honorable mention? So, if you've got an honorable mention and and maybe look at it from the perspective of you're either looking at catcher or first base right now, which team needs to make? You can either mention a player or mention a team that or two that need to make a splash at either one of these positions to be a viable candidate for October? I mean, I think 
if you want to hear my my sleeper breakout, I, I won't call it a breakout. He's thirty, but I think Miguel Sano is going to be a very interesting player on that market. You know, he's a couple of years removed, twenty twenty one. Look at the stats. He hit 30 home runs, had 75 RBIs, hit 34 home runs in 2019, had a 923 OPS as, you know, as recent as 2019. He's going to strike out a lot, but, you know, with the shift being changed, a a pull-heavy hitter like him is definitely going to benefit from, you know, some infield positioning, them not being able to cover everything. Right. You know, so I think he and I think he and Josh Bell are kind of because I think Josh Bell did struggle from the left side of the plate because of the shift. I think with the shift kind of clearing out, I think Miguel Sano and Josh Bell are with his terrible second half are going to be kind of like cheaper options for teams. And I think they're going to be really good bargain pieces. You know, a rebuilding team wants to pick them up, you know, take a chance, give them, you know, five million a year and be able to flip them at the deadline for a prospect or two. I think those are going to be things to look at going forward. But I think Miguel Sano is definitely my, you know, he might only get like a million or two for that first contract. But, you know, it, this is a make or break year for him. Either, he, you know, he regains some form, hits 30 bombs, or he's probably out of the league. So. I agree. I agree. And he's one of those guys that can also be your your DH as well, if you're looking for kind of your DH candidate, so to speak. He can right? play a little third third base, too. He's not as mobile as he used to be, but he can play third base. Well, when he dives, the ground shakes. The boy is big, right? So the the boy is big when it comes to that. But that being said, so my my um, honorable mention is twofold. One, I think watch Christian Vasquez and his veteran leadership and Gary Sanchez, okay? But the teams, I think, that need to really tune it up, right, um, that really need to tune it up in the offseason and make waves. And I'll tell you this because I think that their divisions are good enough for the taking, right? The Reds, they need to tune it up, right? And you see Tucker Barnhart on this. Um, the Padre, or the Pirates, right? And Kansas City. Those three teams, the, the Central in both leagues, is right for the taking. You don't have a front runner where you look at and you say, oh, you got Dodgers and Padres, or oh, you got you know Yankees and Toronto and Baltimore, right? The central division is right. Tell me I'm wrong, Jackson. Tell me it's yeah, okay. I, I mean, I think you bring up a good point. Teams like Kansas City and Pittsburgh who are so young, mm-hmm. you know, if they're not going to, but if they were to spend a little bit more on payroll and maybe you know pick up a Wilson Contreras. And then a Jose Abreu, that's two premium veteran leadership guys that can help a young guy, maybe like O'Neill Cruz, you know, have a little bit more play discipline. And just watching Cruz play this year, I think that was his biggest flaw, you know, lack of uh, not quality contact per se, but lack of quality contact that wasn't hit right at someone or hit 500 feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. And, so. and the funny part, Jackson, about this whole thing, right? Not to cut you off, but the funny part about this is a guy like Gary Sanchez or Christian Vasquez could go to a team like, well, not not Kansas City. I mean, they need to make some splash at first base, but, you know, uh, Perez is your catcher over in Kansas City. But they can go to someplace like the Reds or they can go someplace like Pittsburgh and be the, the face of the franchise, right? Which 
In some cases, Gary Sanchez has always wanted in his career, except for he played in New York, right? And the face of that franchise is never going to be Gary Sanchez. <laughs> never going to be Gary Sanchez. So, yeah, I, I mean, I love it. But yeah, I mean, I guess in short, not a lot of you know flashy names on there, but there's definitely some some key contributors and there's things to look forward to heading into the off season, you know, especially, you know, with rule changes with, you know, stole, I, we haven't even talked about stolen bases. That'll come up when we get to guys that are more likely to steal. I mean, I guess this affects catchers, you know, you can only throw over twice. Yep. Yep. And, and then they get second base. Yeah. Your third time that, you got to get them. It's in that bat, right? What's that? Or. No, they get them second base. Yeah. And at bat, correct. So you can throw I, I over thought, twice. I, I thought it, you couldn't step off. Like they can steal, they can choose to steal or not, but you can't. You can't step off and throw over. Like if the guy gets a really big league, you just can't step off. I'm not sure how it works. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how but. it plays itself out. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's going to be unique. That's for doggone sure. But I got to tell you, Jackson, I always love these Tuesday night, you know, coffee Thursday table night. debates and weekly reviews. Right. Yeah. So. Top fan, uh, rivalry followers. I promise you that there is going to be a lot of conversation in the offseason, a lot of different podcast opportunities. If you're interested, I am on Instagram or send us a message on Twitter um, that says, hey, I'm interested, right? And we'll get you on. Okay, that's not a big deal. And then we're also going to be doing some Uh, We've got some new product, new merchandise come in. So we're going to do some clearance stuff where you can use a code. I don't know which code they're supposed to use, Jackson. What is it supposed to be? That's code Jackson. It never changes, guys. Come on. Exactly. So step it into high gear. And then um, we will definitely circle back around to you guys. There'll be a lot of fun announcements coming up. If you don't have locker room access now, go get it because – there's some fun stuff that's in the locker room now as far as a team store is concerned. There's some more articles that are going in there. And, oh, by the way, if you look in the team store next week, you're going to have some baseball cards in there. Be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So, um, Top Fan Rivalry followers, thank you for listening to this. This is a lot of fun. Jackson and I enjoyed doing it. Jackson, as always, you are stellar. You are the research guy. When I grow up, I want to be as good as you. So, got to stare at a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, my friend. Have a good night. And Top Fan Rivalry uh, followers, please tell us what we missed. And we'll look forward to hearing from you on Saturday. Thanks.